Hello, and welcome back to another week of Age Like Wine podcast. I'm your host, William, and this week I'm joined by... Peter, and our other host, Matt, is currently sick, so... Rip. We wish him a very safe and fast recovery. Uh, he mentioned he was gonna, he's been coughing a lot, so obviously, you know, during the podcast, probably wouldn't be feeling too well and coughing. But yeah, anyway, if you guys don't know what H Like Wine Podcast is, it's a podcast hosted by us three, William, Peter, and Matthew. And the goal of our podcast is to discuss forms of art like TV shows, movies, video games, or even books. Um, little disclaimer on the books. <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to read. I think I'm the only one who ever reads books here. Even I don't read them that often. Does, doesn't Matt read books? I don't know. I don't, I don't think he does. Did he not read... I thought he read like the Game of Thrones books. That was, that was me. Oh, that was you. <laughs> My bad. Okay. Uh. Anyway, so we view them in the lens of nostalgia and how well they've aged. And you know, we had this. Uh, we're still in season two. We're in like episode like what twenty, twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. Today's episode is twenty three. Oh, twenty three. Um, I think that's overall episode count, right? That's not including season one, or is that including season? So one? That, that's not including season one. That's not including season one. Holy shit, we've we've done like, twenty three episodes in season two. When is this season going to end? Uh, when twenty twenty one happens, because uh, we couldn't think. Actually, I don't. Like I don't that. think so. Actually, you don't think so? I I don't know when season three is going to happen, but all right, whatever. I, I mean, we season one it was a, such a huge success that we got to make season two, you know, even better. Which is why we have twenty three episodes officially. But either way, normally we've been doing, or like beforehand, we've been doing like older stuff, you know, at least like 10 years old, 11 years old. But recently we've been doing more newer shit. Probably the newest media we've reviewed was Mandalorian, which was last week with my buddy Jimmy, who unfortunately couldn't make it with us today uh, due to complications that happened last minute. And we were originally going to have Charles as well. And also my buddy Ganesh, but you know scheduling—it's kind of—it's kind of wonky right now. So they'll probably appear in future episodes, but you don't have to worry about that too much. But anyway, with the trend of like more newer shit, just because uh, there's not a lot of older stuff that we're super interested in. That actually, th there are some stuff cooking, cooking in the pot that we have for future episodes. But either way, this week's episode is Into the Spider Verse. A Christmas Spider-Man movie. Peter, do you know anything about this movie? <laughs> what do you mean? Do I know anything about the movie? I'm just asking you. Do you know any 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 uh, facts you want to throw out to the audience? Yeah. So, Into the Spider-Verse right, right, right. is an animated too much movie. Enthusiasm. You kind of blew out my eardrums there. Please. <laughs> it's an animated movie made in 2018 from Sony, obviously, with in collaboration with Marvel. And I think it was the first animated film in the Spider-Man franchise here. It has all of our favorite producers um, in Avi Arad and Amy no. Pascal. Mm, no, no <laughs> Avi Arad. Shout-outs to and... our boy, High Top Films on YouTube. What's up, man? This episode goes out to you, buddy. But yeah, the story's about Miles Morales. If you didn't know, he's another Spider-Man. And... Yeah, it just follows his journey in this movie with a bunch of other Spider-Men in the Spider-Verse coming together to fight one threat. 
Yeah, essentially. And a little fun it's fact, a... it's the first non-Disney slash Pixar film to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature since Rango from 2011 and Happy Feet in 2006. Oh, Happy Feet. I like yeah. Happy Feet. I didn't know I didn't know ha- Happy Feet was that like highly regarded. That's, uh, that's a I, I didn't know that either. I liked the movie, but yeah, yeah. it was that highly regarded. Penguins Dancing, dude. I forget. Didn't March of the Penguins come out like after that because of the popularity of that movie? Art of Penguins is a very sad movie, but yes. That's true. It was kind of kind of cruel they released that, knowing a lot of kids probably loved Happy Feet, thinking maybe it was somehow related because it's penguins. Yeah. And another thing about this movie is that this movie had... This movie is like... It's like... I would say it's like a cultural... I want to say it's a phenomenon, but it's like a... It's a cultural movie, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a kick-ass soundtrack, a very good soundtrack. Kind of... I don't know how to say this without being offensive. Say it. Say it for it's like, our audience. It's it's kind of I would say a lot of people in like the New York kind of New York City, like Bronx uh, community would relate to this movie. I say Bronx is probably the wrong place, but yeah, Brooklyn. There you go, Brooklyn. And yeah. Talk a, before uh, I say anything else. I'm gonna okay, regret. Okay, as a resident of New York, would you say this this movie does capture quite some uh, accuracies within the state of New York? Maybe the communities there. Yeah, I would I'm say gonna, so. I'm gonna keep pressing you on this topic, by the way, since you. No, I, would, I, I, I want would you to slip up. I would definitely say so. So basically, I have a lot of friends. So I go to school in New York, and I have a lot of friends who are from you New did. York, from different areas in New York, and they all love this movie because they say like it's good represent representation of new york and like the culture there in different like subcultures within like different areas and neighborhoods so i think that's all a big reason why people really relate to miles and like the, the movie a lot like my friend for example really loves miles because you know it's just placed in new york and she finds him very relatable to mm-hmm. her life so does she find miles more relatable or like spider gwen more relatable Oh, Miles fight. Okay. For a long shot, yeah. So I know this is a bit uh, out of order, but just some little fun facts about the movie. Apparently, Aaron Davis was played by... I forget his character in Luke Cage, but he's like the the villain of season one, if you remember that guy. Caught him oh, off. really? Yeah. Oh, the heck? The future Blade of the MCU. So he's, he's got a lot of Marvel, Marvel experience now, now I think about it. He's a villain in Luke Cage season one, the main villain. He's in the Spider-Verse as Aaron Davis. And now he's going to be Blade. So he's got quite a repertoire of Marvel accolades on his back now. He was great. I mean, everyone was phenomenal in this movie. I mean, maybe... I don't I don't want to get into the spoilers about what we rated in this movie, but don't be surprised by how we talk about this movie early on in this episode. You know, what our ratings are, how we feel about it. But uh, I guess just some little other fun facts. The budget for this movie was actually $90 million. And the box office was $375.5 million. So obviously it was a huge success. And just a little, I guess, maybe more of a known fact. But this was the same studio, Sony Pictures Animation, that brought us the marvelous film known as The Emoji Movie. 
Of you know, I've actually seen the Emoji movie. It's actually okay. not that bad. Yeah, but did, could you? Did you think they were able to make a film like this? From okay, that? let's be real. I don't think anyone expected this movie to be this good. True. True. I I, th- I don't remember what my initial thoughts coming into this movie were. I I remember your thoughts because you were like, like I don't really like Miles that. Like you said, like I don't really like Miles that much. And yeah, yeah. Like it's like I'm not sure how a movie with him would be, but obviously this movie is like a whole reimagining of miles well maybe not reimagining but like no i, like I different agree. interpretations i guess so basically they gave miles like much more character to him and more depth than like the comics did yeah because in the comics yeah. he was more of like another peter parker really like Pretty much. he was made i believe by brian michael bendis who is like Usually high regarded, kind of controversial a little bit in the Spider-Man community. I forget why in particular. But uh, he did create the character Miles Morales. Miles Morales, of course, originated from the ultimate Spider-Man. Not the Drake Bell TV show, but the original comics that came out in like, 2000, <laughs> 2003. He's in that TV show now, I think about it. Pretty sure. No, he is. No, Isn't he, he is. like Iron Spider? played by Donald Glover. Oh, yeah. I forget. That's the whole yeah. inspiration for the character. Donald Glover, actually. I don't know if you knew that. AK Childish Gambino. Did you know that? That he was the inspiration? Uh, I think you told me that multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I forget what, what it was specifically. I don't know if it was from like Community, but there was like some show or whatever he appeared on, maybe SNL, where he was dressed up as Spider-Man. And so Bendis actually created you know, a black Spider-Man. I feel like it's Community. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Not entirely sure. But yeah, anyway, Miles Morales, before, I didn't really like him too much. I thought he was okay. Wasn't anything great, but I mean, you had this movie, and then, of course, one of the best games, probably one of the best games of all time, excusing the web swinging mechanics. Uh, Marvel's <laughs> Spider-Man for the PS4 that came out a couple months before. And, actually. and Spider-Man Miles Morales, which William and me have not played yet. Yeah, because we both do not own a PS5, and we—I've heard it's not optimized well for the PS4, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we can't play it till we get a PS5. So another like two years before we play the game. Yeah, pretty much. But like I—I've heard it's another perfect Spider-Man movie. So <laughs> from High Top Films. Yeah. Hey, shout out to our boy once again, High Top Films. Be the inspiration for this episode. But yeah, I mean. 2018, I feel like, was a like a perfect year for Spider-Man fans. You got the perfect P- PS4 game that came out. Literally brought in a whole bunch of sales. Probably one of the best-selling like console-exclusive games. And then a couple of months right after that, you had this movie. It was just a great year just ended, to end it off. Unlike 2020, but we won't be talking about that too much. By the way, um, let's talk about let's talk about the movie. Shall we? Mm-hmm. So of course, spoiler alert. But we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff, including plot, characters, music, tone, etc. Peter, why don't you start this one off? <laughs> what am I starting with? I don't know. That's why I asked you. I don't. I don't know what to start with. I guess plot. Shoot. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the story, the plot of the movie. Yeah, fuck it. Whatever. I would. Yeah, I mean, so basically, this. This movie is kind of based off like the same premise as like a comic book storyline, which is like the Spider Verse. Um, Terrible comic. It's basically, yeah, it's not a very good comic. There's two 
different ones, but basically there's a Spider-Man and all these other Spider-Mans for different multiverses come together and they fight a threat, essentially. This movie's not like that, sort of, because like they're kind of dragged into like the same um, universe. Yeah, that one has more grander cosmic level of threat. Yeah, so like, this, this one's, one's like... Grounded. Yeah, lower scale, I guess. But yeah, it brings a bunch of these Spider-Man together. And I, I what I like about this movie is like the cast for it isn't like too big. It's like, you know, if like a Spider-Man movie where you're bringing the Spider-Men or Spider-People, you would imagine maybe they bring in a, a bunch, but they didn't bring like too many. And like all of them that they brought in had their own like individual like character to them. Whether or not they were funny, serious, like, uh, a role model figure, you know, um, stuff like that. Quirky. So. Quirky. Quirky. Shout out Shout to, out our, to boy. our boy Charles. Yeah, he's uh, the thumbnail of this and many previous episodes because he's perfectly memeable. Yeah, was... I think that every single Spider-Man that showed up in this movie was very unique. It had their own like individual characters that stood out, and uh, I liked all of them a lot. Yeah, personally. Yeah, they were great. Which one was your favorite? Would you Which say? My... I mean, ex- excluding Miles, of course, because he's the main character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm torn I between. Think, I think this one's pretty obvious too, actually. What? For me? No, just like in general. I feel like most people. I mean, my favorite is Peter B. Parker. Yeah, so... yeah. I mean, obviously, I was I was torn between like him and Spider-Man Noir, but obviously, Peter B. Parker is like probably the the funniest character in the movie he's he's great he's got a lot of heart to him and he's he's like that spider-man that we've never really seen before like too much media you know yeah the the matured spider-man who's been through a lot of stuff and kind of more i guess pessimistic and realistic about life yeah especially with his experience and like his age he's a bit more he's he's not like the happy-go-lucky spider-man we're used to obviously we see that at the beginning of the film and spoiler alert, he kind of he kind of fucking dies by the brick wall known as Kingpin in this movie. Who um, I I remember we, you and I have had a bunch of conversation about like does Kingpin have superpowers? I feel like in this movie he definitely has fucking like super strength. Without no, he's hundred percent muscle. No, but like he literally. <laughs> be, maybe maybe you don't remember this scene, but he literally like breaks. Like a whole building's like glass by himself by like hitting the ground or whatever when he's fighting Miles at the end of the movie. Like it's he's got super strength, dude. It's debatable. I don't know. I don't think Captain America could do that, and he's literally supposed to be like a peak of like superhuman, like peak of like human strength. You know, peak agility. I don't think any man's supposed to be that square too. So I mean, is I guess he has. Like, I guess he does have super strength. That's like his freak accident that gave him his powers, is making him square and big. I guess so. I forget. I if, guess so. Uh, shit, I was gonna like mention that. Oh yeah, okay, here we go. So for this film, I know we're like talking a little bit about the plot. Obviously, I kind of spoiled the end, but we gotta we gotta talk about this in the context, in the lens of our boy High Top Films, who we've already referenced like four times by now or three times. Peter, wouldn't you say this movie is probably the perfect love letter to like Spider-Man fans? <laughs> uh, I I mean it depends on which Spider-Man fans you're talking about. 
if you're talking about Sam Raimi Spider-Man, then yeah, I would say it's a perfect love letter. There are a bunch of references to the Spider-Man movies. For hey, Sam even Raimi. Homecoming, even Homecoming, there was a Homecoming I reference mean, in here. I mean, of course, there's reference to Homecoming, but I feel like, uh, yeah. But I mean, I think that's the only regard that it's a love letter to Spider-Man fan, personally. No, it's got like throwbacks to literally a bunch of Spider-Man shit. Like you got the the Spider-Man popsicle. You have the original Spider-Man from like the 1970s, 60s, 80s, whatever. Like you got the theme in there. That's true. Got, I forgot about that. You got obviously the Sam Raimi, the Holy Trilogy references in there with the uh, upside down kiss. Him punching a car. Well, I, he didn't punch the car in the movie, but stopping a train. Yeah, stopping doing the dance with Spider-Man Three. Exactly. Probably the best reference. You even got reference to Spider-Man memes in this. Couple, couple big ones. Which I guess is in reference to the Spider-Man '70s show, right? Probably. Maybe, maybe our audience. Obviously, we're we're talking about this in 2020, but back in the day of the uh, meme culture of the internet, there used to be the Spider-Man pointing at another Spider-Man meme, as well as Spider-Man behind his desk, some shit like that. And this movie does pay homage to both of those things, both of those. Internet cultural phenomenons, but yeah, perfect love letter to the true Spider-Man fans. Actually, I don't know. I mean, you got you got your Homecoming reference in there, which is I guess a reference to already to the Sam Raimi trilogy. But you know, you, you had the most perfect batch of that, right? In that, yeah. it was mostly oh, Sam Raimi references, which is the right uh-huh, way to do it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the right way. But yeah. Yeah, so the plot, the plot's just, yeah, back to the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, the plot of the movie's pretty simple. A bunch of Spider-Man come together because they're brought together because of Kingpin. And they try to go back to their universes. It's pretty simple plot, in my opinion. A lot less complex than the Spider-Verse comics. And I think it was executed very well. I think this movie shines mostly in its characters, I would say. Wouldn't you say so? No. No. What kind of what kind of stupid ass question is that? Does it shine in its? Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some it's movies shine movie. more in its plot than its characters. Well, if this is a good movie, it's got to shine in everything, right? Which it does. Yeah, but some movies just focus on like one or two things. Yeah, but do we here on H Like Wine podcast? Do we ever talk about a whole movie being good and not talk about everything, especially characters? Right? Come on. Let's okay, assume yeah, our audience uh-huh. isn't dumb. Yeah, they know yeah, who we are. Yeah, the, yeah, the characters shine the most. Check the us movie. out on ALW underscore podcast on Twitter. <laughs> You're like, throwing it too early. But yeah, the movie, if you didn't get the gist, Miles is the main character. And this kind of focuses on his journey of becoming Spider-Man. His own Spider-Man, that is. And like, kind of just going through his thought processes of like, you know, having similar thoughts to like the other Spider-Man when they were like first initially like got bitten by a spider, they're like, "Oh my god, what are these powers?" And then kind of taking that leap of faith to, you know, throw on the mask and take the identity of Spider-Man. You know, to bear the responsibility, even though it's scary. You know, not knowing what to do. That leap of faith. Mm-hmm. 
Do did we want to talk about like nitty gritty details about the plot or if you want to. Uh I, I guess we could save that for like I mean that's pretty much like the general gist. There's a you know, a conflict all the Spider Man need to solve. And like Peter said before, the highlight of this movie really is the characters and like their interactions. Like how they work together to kind of deal with the dilemma of, you know, the universe like 'cause the whole reason why they're even working together, besides the fact that they're all spider people, is that they all need to go back to their universes or else they'd all like die. They'd like combust into atoms or something. And not only that, the Kingpin has a plan to merge I don't know if he was like merge the universes, but you know, to get his family back and I would I wouldn't say that's like too much of a big spoiler since that's literally revealed at the beginning, like towards like the beginning of the movie. But yeah, essentially the P- Kingpin's plot or scheme is to bring back his dead family. But in doing so, it's, it would destroy all the universes or like merge them all together, which I guess would destroy them. And yeah. I guess it's a little bit of a quick question, but do you remember, is Miles Morales' universe, is that 616 or is that Peter B. Parker's? Uh, this is the ultimate universe, I'm pretty sure. Like right? Because I remember there was like a like a like a scene where they were showing like all of the universes combining together and they showed 616 but I wasn't clear. I'm pretty sure Peter B Parker's is 616. If he's yeah. not then I don't that's, know. That's I think I I'm, I'm pretty sure he's 616 though. If you don't know 616 is like the main Spider-Man universe that like most main Marvel universe, yeah. Yeah, main Marvel universe as a whole, not just Spider-Man, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they're different universes and you know, Miles from Ultimate the other ones are from different universes that I don't know the numbers of, so I'm assuming that Peter B. Parker's universe was the main one because it actually had more like direct references to like real life. Like you could see it yeah. all around in like New York, like the billboards had like different advertisements. Yeah. Like Peter B. Parker's universe actually had like Coca Cola, but I believe in My- Miles' universe it was like cola soda or something or coca soda. It was like these like small like nuances. Same thing with like I think Shaun of the Dead was also a, like a poster thrown up. Randomly in Miles' universe there was like a movie of Seth Rogen and like they specifically like mentioned Seth Rogen on top of the movie poster. So that was weird. Are you playing something in the background by the way? I'm not. I feel like I heard some audio from your end. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, I mean, you know, podcast listeners will, will be able to detect that, so I mean uh, please ignore what I was watching. So you were watching something. All right. I was watching something. Off the terrible star, but whatever. I heard what you were saying, though, so don't worry about it. All right, but anyway, point is, Peter B. Parker, that's our universe. Miles Morales, he's in that alternate timeline. But that's his, that's his world. And just like the Ultimate Universe, there were two Spider-Men, including Miles, in that universe. And just like in the Ultimate Comics... The main Spider-Man dies. And then Miles has to take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. And Miles feeling responsible for that Spider-Man's death takes it upon himself to visit that guy's grave. And just for reference, this Spider-Man's a lot younger than the, the Spider-Man we, you know, the Peter B. Parker that we, you know, interact with or like, you know, see throughout the movie 
But yeah, upon going to his grave, that's pretty much what kind of starts the catalyst of him meeting all of the other spider people, which is a great scene. It really showed off like the web swinging pretty well. And yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of that in this movie. And also great music, great everything, great sound design, honestly. Like the thwips, the thwips were on point. Also, like the whole style of this movie is like pretty cool in that it's kind of like a comic book in animated form. Right? It's very it's a very unique animation style. I think Sony did like they they made it a case that they really wanted to like patent this type of animation that they did because it was just like so unique. Had like a lot of like uh little pixels and stuff that you might see like in a comic book and like that. Yeah, true. So, like the, the panels too, like the thought bubbles. Yeah. Like pretty mm-hmm. pretty iconic of literally any comic book for Marvel. Yeah. It's great. And, like, it's great animation. Everything was very smooth. Fight scenes were great. Very well choreographed as well. Yeah. I mean, they ha- they had like a multitude of different styles cuz they even had like an anime character. They had to like you know, change up how she was animated. They also had Peter Parker, you know, kind of do that him in like in a more like cartoony style. Like Looney Tunes, like American Western. Yeah, Looney Tunes esque. Noir uh, is. What is Noir? Like black and white, like old school. True, true. Yeah. So lots of like unique animation styles within the solid, like very good animation thing that they had. So. <clears throat> What are we talking about now? Uh, we're talking about voice acting. Um, because we know with every good cartoon or animation, there always needs to be good voice acting. Okay. Otherwise, you can't make the characters shine or give them characters. So, what do you want to say? Uh, voice good voice acting. Okay. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, great voice acting. Uh, not really much to say. I guess the future Blade of MCU. I think I mentioned this already, or not. That he voices what? Aaron Davis. He voices um Prowler in this movie. Wait, really? Peter, don't don't try to fake this reaction. You're we already talked about this before. Get out of here. No, 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 we haven't. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's Maher Shayla Hashbaz Gilmore. That's him. Uh, he's, he's it's actually movie. pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow, Peter. Isn't that such a surprise? You know, you're hearing this for the first time, right? Yeah. But he's in this movie. Um, He's really the only one I can... Only recognizable name that I saw from this cast. Oh, uh, and as uh, well Chris as Pine. Nicholas, Chris Pine? Is Chris Pine in this movie? Yeah. That's who? He plays the ultimate Spider-Man. What do you mean? He plays the blonde Spider-Man who dies. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I thought they had the same voice. No. Well, I didn't. I did not know that. You know, I'm not surprised that you didn't know because he, he literally only had like two lines in the movie. So true. True. Uh, oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage, obviously, was. How can you forget about Nicolas Cage? Yeah, come on. Like Spider-Man. I mean, he's just he's great in this movie. As well as. In the post-credit scene, we have Oscar Isaac, also known as Poe, 
from Star Wars, or better known as Apocalypse. Or AKA Metal Gear or Solid Snake. Oh yeah, true. He's, he's cast as Solid Snake in the new Metal Gear movie. I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I think everyone's gonna forget about that. Unless that movie turns out to be like the most amazing movie ever. It could. Probably not, but it could. Yeah, probably not. I know, uh, I guess, in the post credit scene, obviously, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, tune out of this episode right now, go watch the movie, and specifically for this post credit scene, but they actually had Oscar Isaac playing Spider-Man 2099, but do you know that scene with, uh, you know, the Spider-Man from, oh, so 1967, do you know who voiced, uh, it was J. Jonah Jameson. Oh. oh, I don't know who J. Jonah. That was Stan Lee. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He had more than one speaking role in this movie, which was nice. Oh, I thought it was just Yorma. Who's Yorma? From Lonely Island. He did the the old Spider-Man. No, he did Green Goblin. What the hell? Why was he Green Goblin? No, didn't he also do? Um. Oh, it was like him. Yeah, 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 you're right. yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. That is crazy. Lonely Island, dude. The hell? He played a pretty good Spider-Man. I will, I will, yeah. I will say that he was great. Known for obviously Lonely Island and probably one of the best films of all time, most underrated film, top pop star, never stop, never stopping. Uh, we will do that at our hundredth episode special. Yeah, which we're getting um, there. Yeah, um, we're maybe getting there. In like two years, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe like a year and a half. <laughs> Apparently, you know the character Genki Lee? Uh-huh. Miles, Miles Morales' best friend and roommate. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of like Ned in Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they got the direct inspiration for Ned from Genki Lee. But the Pixar animator, Peter Sone, was actually cast as Gank before they decided to make him into like a smaller role because of Homecoming. And if you don't know who Peter Sone is, like I said, Pixar animator... And I'm pretty sure this is the same guy who is like the inspiration for uh for up, pretty sure. Or is that Russell? I don't know if it's him actually. I think that might be Russell. I don't know. Like this picture of him is like pretty skinny. Let's see. Nope, yeah, no, that's him. Peter Stone, who's uh when he was a kid, they used those photos as inspiration for Russell from Up. That was the design choice. Obviously Russell is like a little Asian kid. But yeah, I think that's all for fun facts about this movie in terms of voice acting. <laughs> now, you know what it's time for, Peter? Actually, I, I want to say something else. I said the characters are my favorite part of the movie. I actually think the soundtrack's my favorite part of the movie. And perfect segue into what we're talking about next. It wasn't going to be oh, characters, it was going to be music. Oh, you were talking about the music. Yeah, the music is, in my opinion, the best part of the movie. I think Sunflower by Post Malone featuring Sway Lee is such a good song it's also very iconic i feel like this song will be one of those songs that when we're like 40 years old that we'll be singing i think be like ah back in our time yeah music <laughs> was, was so good yeah music was so good this would be like one of the songs at least i mean i really like the soundtrack because uh i mean when the movie came out i just listened to the album over and over again it's a really good album of all the songs so your favorite song yeah. was uh, 
Would you say it's Sunflower? Or would you say it's a different song? Um, uh, maybe What's Up Danger. I like that a lot too. Yeah, I don't know. All the songs are really good, if I'm being honest. Yeah, they even have a song. Uh, reference. Obviously, besides like Postmo and Sway Lee actually being like Sunflower, their song being sung by Miles. In Miles's room, there's a poster of a uh, Chance the Rapper. I forget what yeah. album that is, but yeah, that that's his picture. Yeah, the song Sunflower is a really representative song of the movie, too. It's like Sunflower is a very resilient flower that gets back up after everything. Just like Spider-Man, you know, always coming back. I did not know there was actual significance behind it. Oh, you actually, you didn't know that? No, I never. Oh, yeah, that's the significance of the song and why it was chosen as or made specifically for the movie. Now you know. Yeah. Hopefully Hopefully our listeners also learn that too. I'm glad we have a person who's watched this movie about seven times since its release on mm-hmm. today's episode to give us that fun fact. Yeah, just that one fact for watching it seven times. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. what are we talking about? Tone? Fuck, I, I, I don't know. The previous episodes where it's just been like me. It wasn't really like too much of a structure. Let's talk about Fuck it. Let's just talk about what we, what was our favorite scene from the movie, or like what what was like moments that we just like loved. Why the leap of faith is the best scene in all of cinema history. Sorry, there's a, there's a. Is that a video essay? That there's a video essay called that. Fuck, I was about to say that's a pretty good title for a video essay. Uh, I want to say it's the best scene in cinema history or movie history, but it's a pretty goddamn good scene. You get chills. I got chills. Just re- like I, chills. I rewatched that scene and I was like hyped. I think everything about that scene is like representative of like the movie. You know, oh, yeah. it's like the whole kind of the journey, journey of it's like representing the journey of Miles, like what he has to go through. A great song, like really great moments. And the, the animation's just like next level in that scene. You know, um, you know. The voice acting is good too during the scene from the bits that they have. So I think that scene really just does encompass the whole movie. Yeah, I, I, w- I would say that's the climax of the movie too. I haven't seen the video essays like completely butchering what the guy said, but. No, I mean, I feel you because like that's like all the experience. Literally, that's the scene Miles becomes Spider Man finally, which is like the whole point of the movie is like his journey. It's becoming the next Spider-Man. And that scene honestly perfectly encapsulates like all of that. All of that build-up leading up to that moment. Even right before when he gets the pep talk from his dad. Which actually leads him to, you know, figuring out how to use his Venom Blast. Like that moment was like the moment where like it's cemented. This is Spider-Man. Like he has become Miles Morales Spider-Man for the PS5, you know? Yeah. There we go. I want to watch the. I, w- I want to play that game, but I will say this might be a hot take. But I, at least compared to the Miles from Spider-Man PS4, I, I love this Miles way more. This is like my-, my favorite interpretation of Miles so far. I don't think that's a hot take. Is that not a hot take? I don't think it is. I don't know. There could be like, maybe that just shows how how universally loved this movie is. The the Miles from PS4 isn't bad, but he's, he's not bad. But wow, this one's way better. 
there isn't like I, I mean that's what Spider-Man PS5. I mean that's what Miles Morales on the yeah. PS5 for, right? So like, <laughs> like this PS5 version is there to flesh out his character more, right? To like show his growth. Yeah. PS4 is just kind of like an introduction to his character, who he is, and stuff sure, that happens to him that sucks. Like a fourteen-year-old, and now he looks older than his mentor, who's supposed to be twenty fucking four years let's, old. Or let's whatever. not talk about that. No, I think we should talk about that. We're not talking about that game. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're talking about the remaster. Yeah, we're not talking the about the thing that ruined my favorite game, your favorite game. Why they got to change out the face? Because that's what they imagined the Spider Peter Parker to look like. Why did Brian Intihar and I? I know for sure that that was his choice. Cause I totally work in the games industry. Why you gotta do it, Intihar? Why you gotta change out that face? I think it's Abia Rod's choice. Abia Rod, probably. Any bad <laughs> choice? Any any choice that pisses off the fans? That's Abia Rod. So yeah, the only thing Avirad's ever done is this movie, and then William's favorite movie of all time, Venom. And he also but... ruined Spider-Man Three. Wait, the fans the... want Venom. I. <laughs> we get all this mail, and you know the fans—they always say they want Venom, so we gave them Venom this movie. That's yeah, my but... Rod impression. I feel like Avirad's gonna listen to this episode just like. <laughs> It's sue us. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not gonna sue us. It's not. I mean, it is slander, but it's not slander. We're not saying he did a bad job. We're just saying he did something. I'm saying he did a bad job. Okay, well. fuck you, Avia Rod. Shout out to our boy, <laughs> High Top Films, once again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, I recommend that you watch the movie, but also. You know, listen to the soundtrack. The soundtrack is really good. So, and if you watch the Raimi trilogy right before you watch that movie, you're gonna love this movie. Like, come on, go watch it. There's a lot of, lot of loving references to that trilogy. Even the bad parts, even the parts that you might have not liked about the third film specifically, they make good fun of it. A dance scene in this in Spider-Man Three that everybody knows about, they got in this movie, and it's great. It's it's great. Well, it's not a perfect yeah. film, Spider-Man 3 was the end of the trilogy, and might I say, what a great end. And if you want to know more information about the Spider-Man films, such as video essays and all the other stuff, check out High Top Films on YouTube.com slash High Top Films, where he uh, reviews each of the Sam Raimi trilogy movies, as well as The Amazing Spider-Man. Are we allowed to plug in the other YouTube channels, Peter? Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, we can do that. Okay, cool. I know I asked you after I did that, but um, just wanted to make sure we could yeah. cut that part out if uh, no, we're, that's not, fine. we're not legally allowed to do that. No, Anywho, is uh, is there anything else to talk about? Um, surprisingly, I have like not much to say about this movie. Right? <laughs> that's kind of like a that's a, that's a trend we have here. Like whenever there's a movie like we really really like, there's not really like a like a too many scenes for like too much to talk about because we enjoyed it. Spoiler alert: we enjoy the movie. All right, don't leave the episode because you know that because you got to hear those age like ratings, right, Peter? Yes, sir. So let's get on to our reviews. 
Oh, really? Oh, do you want to talk about something else? Uh... No, no, actually, you're right. Let's uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. It's a bit of a shorter episode than previous ones, but it's because, I mean, yeah, whatever. Fuck off. All right, time to reviews. Peter, go. I'll go first. Number rating. So this movie actually does hold a special place in my heart. Not because, not just because it's a Spider-Man movie, but also because I watched it a bunch of times. And I like the soundtrack a lot, so... I give the movie a 10 out of 10. As for the age-like rating, I say age-like Peter Parker. Ageless. Because he's been in high school for the fucking longest time. Or college. He's only in the forever, like, two episodes, or like two issues or something. So, that's what I think of the movie. Good point, good point. And now, to the review everyone's been waiting for, mine. And Peter, I'd like to say that I might have like an age-like rating that might be better than yours. Just might be. Oh, probably Obi- is. Obi is kind of kind of fucked up there. But yeah, number rating. I gotta give this movie an eighteen out of tw- uh, actually, eighteen out of ten. I was gonna say eighteen out of twenty because that's the reverse of the the year it came out. But then that would have made it seem like it's bad. But That'd be nah, a nine man. out of ten. Yeah, it'd be a nine out of ten. Nah, this movie is perfect. I fucking love it. It's great. I thoroughly enjoyed a lot of the moments in the movie, especially, bro. I will say this make this movie makes you like feel good. But damn, they those emotional scenes that they had in this movie actually made me tear up when I was watching this again. Like shit, a lot of a lot, heart, a lot of realistic. So much heart, so much yeah. fucking heart. And the age like rating, obviously, I love this movie. This movie has age. Like Peter Parker's face in Spider-Man PS5, because apparently he gets younger, and you know, timeless, right? Doesn't matter what age does to a man, he's still looking great. He's looking younger than he was before. How does he do that? Tell us, Insomnia Games. Why does he look younger? Why does he look younger than Miles? Matt's rating now. Did Matt send a rating? No, I can probably imagine what he say though. Okay, what do you say? So I actually remember watching this movie. Uh, pretend I'm pretend I'm at right now. Okay, all right. I remember watching this movie with the homies here in the in the movie theater, and I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised. The movie was a lot better. I didn't know much about Miles Morales, and I gotta say, he was a great character. I give the movie a solid nine out of ten. You even got like the inflections and everything, right? Damn, that was kind of spot on. Yeah, so there's Matt's rating. I might be wrong. Maybe he gave it like an 8 or 10. I don't know. Or 9.5. But And now, for Jimmy's rating, had he been on today's episode, Jimmy would have said something like, you know, this movie is probably the best, you know, it's the best fucking Spider-Man out there, you know? You got Miles fucking Morales. You got Peter B. Parker. Tobey Maguire. Andrew Garfield. I don't know. He'd say something like that. He says, he would say, this movie would take it to the house, you know? Take it to the house. And with that, unless Peter has any more farewell words to say, Peter, you got any? Yeah, so make sure to check us out. No, no, I was going to fucking say all that. Oh, whatever. Go on. Uh, Make sure to check us out on Twitter at ALW underscore podcast or check out our YouTube channel where we we are actually having um, weekly uploads along with the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other podcast websites. Make sure to check us out Monday. 8 a.m. 
or you get to see these very cool thumbnails that William creates himself. Beautiful thumbnails. Beautiful thumbnails. And with that, I'll leave it to William with the last parting words of today's episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for coming out this week for uh, Age Like Wine podcast. I know we don't have the usual group of people and it's not you know too many people, but you know how the year's been. It's been a struggle for all of us. Make sure to stay safe. Wear your masks. I know that vaccine's coming out. Everyone's oh yeah, excited. Oh yeah, Christmas is coming in five days. Or Hanukkah if you're Jewish. Or Kwanzaa. Or, Kwanzaa. If, or if you just don't celebrate the holidays. It's alright. Just do You do you. Stay in your house. Stay socially distant. And another thing, if anyone out there has like an offer for a PS5 around MSRP or can able to you know, get one of us or two of us access to buy a PS5, please reach out to us. Uh, you know, that'd be really nice. I'm, I've been looking to try to get a PS5 for the longest time. So please, I'm desperate. So uh, yeah, thank you anyway. But yeah, if you guys know about a PS5 that you can hook me up that's not scalped prices, yeah, thank you. All right, see you next week, guys.